0: Hi, this is The Robberator, and you can support my Mad Grab for Power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash Laser.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merrick. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you.
0: Sometimes we drink things, sometimes we don't. And today, we don't.
1: We don't. But Tom, you are recently back from ye oldie London town. Ye,
0: yeah, and Sudbury in Suffolk. Which ye- I, I said with kind of a northern accent almost. So that Oh, I, I,
1: I wouldn't have known that. I'm Suffolk not good
0: at that. Is in in the east of England. Uh, I think it's part of greater East Anglia. So it's kind of northeast of London.
1: Did you have a nice time?
0: What a lovely time. Uh, I saw a good friend get married mm-hmm. and he was in a barn and there were pubs. And uh, for for I like a split curry. second, I
1: thought you said there were pugs. And there I was were, like, that sounds like an there amazing were pugs. wedding. Actually, I
0: didn't I did see one pug. Not at the wedding, though. Okay. Uh, no, no pets were allowed at the wedding, nor were children. Although someone did bring their infant, which I guess was allowed.
1: Wait, why is an infant allowed but children are not allowed?
0: Well, because infants don't run around and make noise.
1: But they scream incessantly, no, don't they? No. What do infants, they
0: do? Not infants. No.
1: Do they have to pay for a, a dinner <laughs> they around meal? Around a lot with of these? infants. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought
1: that's I what mean, they, they do. They cry. Poop?
0: They can cry sometimes, but. At, at, up until, you know, one or two, they they actually are fairly manageable.
1: Mm, I don't believe you. But moving on, let's jump into the quick burns.
0: So Amazon is developing adaptations. Developing being the operating word. That means not, like, ready to launch them. But they've decided to work on three new sci-fi series. Uh, one is based on Greg Rucka's Lazarus graphic novel, one is based on Neal Stephenson's Snow Crash <laughs> novel, and mm-hmm. another is based on the Larry Niven Ringworld series of books.
1: This is, and this is from Daridara, Um, but I was stunned by Daridara. this because I was just talking to Ryan, my husband, the other day, and he was like, has anyone, have they ever done a movie of Snow Crash? And I was like, you know, nobody has adapted it. I you know I, I shouldn't say that. For film or TV that I'm aware of. we will do a Have quick I? IMDb search yeah, to do double check it. I think you're, I think you're
0: right. No, I'm okay. doing IMDb. Okay. Because I feel like that's more
1: I feel like there was an animated sure. one or like an anime there one.
0: There was a TV movie called Snow Crash. Uh-huh. By Joe Cornish based on the neil stevenson novel and neil stevenson was given a, a writing credit because of the novel.
1: And it's not this one.
0: Unless it's this one. That could be it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's right. It's that's, this, one? this is an Amazon studio. Yeah. So that is the okay. only one is the is the one we're talking about and, one listed.
1: and 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 almost the next day this article came out and I was like, huh. Fascinating. I know and,
0: Snow Crash has been optioned before a bunch yeah, of times.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it has, and I just I, I'm really curious to see what they do with it. If they do like a retro future kind of thing, because you know, it's I mean, it's not. It was very, very futuristic for its time, and and had a lot of new ideas that we've based a, a lot of current technology and technological ideas on, and and been the basis for like tons of of cyberpunk and science fiction novels throughout the years, but. I wonder how it's going to translate to the current era. If they're going to try to make it like a current kind of thing, or if it's going to be retro future.
0: Um, I would like to see it make made into future future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, update because the ideas are all still futuristic. Uh, yes. even the avatars and things are still well beyond what, what you we can, can actually do, now. do, even in Facebook Spaces in <laughs> VR, mm-hmm. um, which is probably the closest thing we have at the moment, but. But I would like to see them just say like, yeah, okay, well, let's just take these concepts and, and put them a little farther down the road.
1: I'm excited about that one. And Ringworld yeah. too. I don't know much about Lazarus, but um, I think these are all be cool. I just love that people are taking chances on on sci-fi fantasy stuff now. Stop yawning. You are making me yawn like a crazy person.
0: I have a hard time keeping up. That's my problem now, which is a good problem to have. It's like books. There are more books mm-hmm. than I'll ever be able to read uh, plenty that I want to read. So I, I, it's a new problem with TV and movie. Those where there are there are TV shows right now, particularly more so than movies that I want to watch, and I know I won't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're just not at the top of my list. But in, in in they are the kind of shows that if they had come out fifteen twenty years ago, I absolutely would have watched them because I wouldn't have had that much else to choose from.
1: And but you're watching Star Trek.
0: Star Trek Discovery, yeah. Yes,
1: yeah. I like how you just glossed over the fact that I called you out for yawning because you're thinking the audio listeners didn't see that, so I'm not going to acknowledge it. But now I have to extra acknowledge it because I I said it out loud. I think Star Trek Discovery
0: is good. Ah,
1: (laughs) You win this round, Tom. (laughs) David said the British Fantasy Awards were announced. You have a reason to. You're very jet-lagged. I I will totally... it It is permissible on the show, I'm just I normal, was tired. in the
0: UK where these fantasy awards were announced.
1: That's true. You were also went to Um, you were you went to uh, you were in some of the places that our, our current book was was taking place. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I can't wait to talk about okay, that. OK, we'll, we'll yeah. save
1: that for for later. Uh, so, yes, David said the British fantasy awards were announced. The Tiger and the Wolf, Adrian Tchaikovsky won for Best Fantasy and Disappearance at Devil's Rock. By Paul Tremblay, one for best horror. The Ballad of Black Tom by Victor LaValle, uh, or LaValle, 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 LaValle mm-hmm. one yeah, for best novella. And The Greek Feminist Revolution by Cameron Hurley, one for best nonfiction. Um, Arrival, one for best film too. Uh, anyway, lots of fun stuff won, according to David.
0: Oh, that's great. Um, I am. Uh, very pleased with all of this. And it's, it's cool thing about the British fantasy awards is they always put things on my list that I didn't realize were around. Like they mm-hmm. always give me a lot of times you you see these, these lists, you're like, Oh, yep. Nope. That's one we read on sword and laser You know, that's, that's definitely one that I would have expected. But, but yeah, these, these are, um, the, these are things that I wasn't aware of and, and obviously good things. Yeah. Uh, if you remember last time we met, uh, we talked about TRP's submission of the picture of the uh, of the folks from Good Omens uh, showing up in costume, mm-hmm. uh, and Neil Gaiman po- posting a picture of them. Uh, well, Ian, in response to that, wrote, "I realize where I've seen a picture like this: the back cover." of good omens it looks like they are channeling the authors and so yeah that picture of of David Tennant in black looks very much like the picture of Neil Gaiman in black on the back of good omens and uh likewise for Terry Pratchett
1: yeah he's um he's holding his hands the same way that um that uh, That Pratchett was the, yeah, that um, and it's just it's it's really it, it's very cute, uh, and I love that Neil Gaiman's giving off a very like early Anthony Bourdain vibe in this photo too. Oh yeah, like he totally looks like I mean they're they're of an age uh, of sure. each other, and so they just look like they would totally be in a rock and roll band hanging out. I guess that's my personal fantasy. Whatever. I think who's who? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> the Bourdain
0: right. Gaiman experience
1: oh that'd be so awesome it'd still be awesome if they got together now they're both you know good writers yeah I guess whatever absolutely
0: it's never too late it's never yeah. too late Neil and Dave
1: Travis says two of the five books on the national Dave? book awards Who's Dave who is Anthony? Dave
0: Anthony <laughs> Bourdain <laughs> no
1: Travis I'm supposed to be reading Travis's one <laughs> sorry
0: Travis C- carry on
1: Okay, Travis says two of the five books on the National Book Award shortlist for fiction are speculative. Sing and Unburied. Uh Sing is a ghost story. I loved it. And her body and other parties is both a fairy tale and sci-fi. Sorry, Sing Unburied. Sing Unburied. Sing. Okay. Wow. And this is a. This is I. This is not a a what are we drinking episode or anything. Just it was just the commas confused me. Okay, the commas threw me off. I'm going to start over with that sing unburied sing is a ghost story i loved it and her body and other parties is both a fairy tale and sci-fi
0: sing unburied sing is by Jesmyn ward and her body and other parties stories is by carmen maria machado
1: i feel like somebody's listening to this and feeling like they're having some kind of psychoactive experience because so much of what i'm saying is not making any sense and they're like sing, what did she just say
0: unburied sing <laughs> Uh, ghost story, a ghost Uh, story, uh, especially when you're talking about mainstream fiction. Uh, depends, depends, depends on the ghost story. Uh, A lot of ghost stories in mainstream fiction are definitely not speculative fiction. They're just like mm kind of ghosts in the service (laughs) of ghost stories. Yeah. They're not even that ghosty. Uh, her body and other parties, both fairy tale and sci-fi though, sounds very intriguing to me.
1: Yeah. That's not really a crossover we get too frequently yeah oh I had uh this reminds me speaking of crossovers or or uh, subgenres rather, um which is not at all the same thing, but anyway, uh when uh, I was driving home tonight and uh, I was telling Ryan was asking about um Kim Stanley Robinson and the books that he's written, and I mentioned that Kim Stanley Robinson is known for his in- environmental you know sci-fi essentially
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: said is is it envi sci-fi? And I was like, no, it's cli-sci-fi <laughs> or climate climate change science fiction. It was like... Um, it's definitely cli-fi. Cli-fi, right? Isn't cli-fi yeah. funny?
0: Yeah, I like that. I don't
1: know if I've because ever heard that Because it's not before. even just climate
0: change. Uh, I mean, it, it, climates always change in mm-hmm. the, in the, on the timescales that he writes on. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, So yeah, it's it's climate fiction.
1: Cli-fi. Cli-fi. Or, or cli-sci-fi whichever you prefer. Well, I mean, you don't need the sci
0: anymore. The cli is just sort of a subset of the sci. You're right, saying okay. like it's it is sci-fi, mm-hmm. but more specifically, it's the science of climate. Therefore, cli-fi. Cli-fi. Although he also adds so many other science elements in. It's not just climate. That's true. Well, Nick pointed out that Andy Weir's Artemis is getting an audiobook treatment, which I think we all assumed it would, but guess <laughs> who's reading it? Rosario Dawson of Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Sin City fame is doing the reading. Audiobook is scheduled to be released on audible.com on November 14th.
1: Wow, that's really coming up. I'm excited for that. I love
0: Rosario Dawson. I have never heard her read an audiobook, so this will be interesting, but uh, it seems like Matchmade in Heaven, right?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'd, I'd totally be into that. Cool, yeah, I'm excited for that book, and maybe I'll do the audiobook for just that reason.
0: Wouldn't you say of Grindhouse fame, though? Rosaria Would you? Does?
1: Do you feel like that's her most famous role? I mean, that was role? the thing
0: that launched. I mean, at these days it's Daredevil and Luke Cage and Defenders and all of that. But mm-hmm. but before that, I, I always thought of her as Grindhouse. That was the, the thing that vaunted her to prominence in my own awareness.
1: And she was she in, was Men in Black kids, too? She was in kids, wasn't she? Oh. Wasn't that really her first big movie?
0: Well, Sin City actually prior to. Sensity, no, kids. Actually, she was like Grindhouse. a teenager
1: in "Kids," wasn't she?
0: I don't know what "kids" is.
1: You've never. Oh my god, you've never seen "Kids"?
0: No, I was 25 when "Kids" came out. Why it would wasn't. Have seen it kids? is
1: not a kids movie. It was definitely an adult movie. <laughs> Hold on. Now I have to check. Yeah, 1995.
0: This. She played Ruby.
1: Yeah. It was that her was, first movie ever. Okay. Yeah, you should um watch. She watch also it was in Super "King of depressing. the Jungle."
0: Did you see "King of the Jungle"?
1: No. Are you trying because to gotcha me? no because her <laughs> character's
0: name was veronica
1: oh no i have not yeah i don't think i've i've never even seen an episode of veronica mars so i can't play that card unfortunately huh. i have seen episodes of veronica's closet however
0: we used to be friends a long time ago
1: is, is that's that, the is, theme is that song from real? veronica mars yeah oh oh okay Okay. I was like, wow, you're really upset that I made fun of you for not having seen kids, I guess. <laughs> we kids used such, to be friends. For a twenty-five like year old living in Austin, Texas, I I find it shocking that you did not see like probably the most famous like art house movie of that era at the time. Yeah. That was a big I, one. I find
0: it I find it kind of shocking myself.
1: Yeah. It's it's really great, but it's very depressing. That
0: was I was definitely watching Pulp Fiction and Reservoir mm-hmm. Dogs and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's sad. <laughs> Maybe Mm. don't watch it. I don't know. Bad times. Hey, let's talk about uh, genre fiction with Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience.
0: So uh, we got an email from Mary who says, firstly, thank you for a wonderful podcast. I love looking forward to it. Thank you. I'm glad. I hope you not only love looking forward to it, but actually but listening, listening to it, to it, it as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, very nice of you, Mary. Uh, she says, you mentioned that George R. R. Martin won a Past Words Award for Illuminating History. Mm-hmm. I read Maurice Druon's The Accursed King's historical novels based on medieval Western Europe royalty struggles after seeing somewhere that it's the real-life version of Game of Thrones. I don't know if those books directly inspired it, but on the Amazon review, there's a quote from George R. R. Martin Hmm. saying this is the real-world Game of Thrones. (laughs) The Accursed King's was written back in the 1950s. If I remember correctly, they were originally written in French. It was a French author, for sure. Uh, With the popularity of Game of Thrones and the release dates on the books, Readers searching for similar series to the fill to fill the time between Game of Thrones releases would be likely to stumble across Juron's work, hence reviving to some extent the historical saga that very few people would ever be curious enough to read, or not likely to stumble over these particular monarchs in mainstream mm. history books. Not a direct historical illumination, but kind of sorta related.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Barry. That's a good that's a good uh, explanation of of, of uh, why that may have come to pass
0: and i had actually i swear i don't know why this didn't save but i I'd, I'd pulled up the amazon uh link for these books mm-hmm. um and and there is in fact a quote from george r, r. martin on the f- publisher's part of the amazon page not not in the reviews part like in the official
1: oh uh, i like part. the idea that george r. r martin is a is an official like amazon re- reviewer reviewing. he's
0: a he's a uh, what is it called a uh, verified yeah what are they
1: called A ver- verified, verified reviewer, reviewer or something
0: uh Yeah, no. On on book one, the accursed kings, uh, the Iron King book. (laughs) Does -hmm. that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Uh, From the publishers that brought you a Game of Thrones, comes uh the series that inspired George R. R. Martin's. (laughs) So they're not being
1: they're not being super casual about it. They're being pretty like Yeah, yeah
0: yeah. That's amazing. Well, now I don't see that. That's weird. Now I don't see that that quote. Uh, about this is the real world Game of Thrones. But I mean, the series is named The Strangled Queen, The Poisoned Crown, The Royal Succession, She-Wolf. Whoa. Whoa. The Lily and the Lion. And The King Without a Kingdom. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Maybe I'll read them someday. Maybe you will. Yeah. And hey, as we mentioned, I think, earlier in the show, um, it is our 10-year anniversary this month. Um. We're all a little fuzzy on the dates, but Tassie Dave over on Goodreads uh, made a great post. He said, congratulations to Veronica and Tom on 10 years of the Sword and Laser Book Club. You have built a fabulous community around your and our love of fantasy and sci-fi books. It is hard to pin down the exact date SNL started. Was it October 8th, 2007, when Veronica created the Sword and Laser blog? Here's a link to the um, Wayback Machine with, with that very post. He says, for the kids, Pounce was an ancient, short-lived social network. Pounce (laughs) Me isn't a creepy come online. (laughs) Then he goes on to say, or was it October 15th when Veronica created the Sword and Laser Ning Forum? Ooh, Ning Forum. Then we have a forum archive from the Wayback Machine. And then he says, or was it October 16th with the announcement of the very first Sword and Laser book pick? Hmm. Does everyone remember what that book pick was out there? Tom, do you remember?
0: Yes. He's like, not yeah, I looking remember. At Tassie Dave's post,
1: it was the Golden Compass. No, you know, <laughs> I always
0: forget go- that. I always think it was American Gods.
1: That was number two, and then
0: I forget that it was the we did the Golden Compass first.
1: He goes on to say, whenever it was, it has been ten years, one hundred and ten books, one hundred and one picks and nine alternates, many hundreds of hours of audio and video podcasts with many great interviews, many thousands of words mispronounced, many <laughs> liters or gallons of alcohol consumed, many quicks burnt and swords bared, and uncountable numbers of memorable moments on the forums, both here and on Ding. Happy ten year anniversary, and may we have many, many more.
0: Uh- Thank you. Yes. Uh I don't know. We could pick the 15th if it's easier to remember. That's when the Ning forum went up. But I feel like the blog being created is probably the better date.
1: <sighs> I know, but like that already passed. And so now I'm sad that I missed it. So now I want it to be October well, it was, 16th it was with Sunday, the announcement though. of the first book pick.
0: Ah, I see.
1: Because it's like the book club. The first book pick announcement feels like, like the, the official, official day. Thing. Yeah. All right.
0: We can go sixteenth. That's fine.
1: So that I'm, will I'm be that. that'll be Monday. This coming Monday.
0: So 10 years this coming Monday. Look at us.
1: Look at us. We're old. I do think it's pretty amazing, though. I mean, we have had so many amazing authors on the show, so many incredible books that we've read, and so many of you out there have been with us this whole time. And, you know, whether you joined last month or 10 years ago, like this community to me is so important and and valuable and vibrant. And you guys make my life so much better. And it's funny. I know I keep coming back to these these Ryan discussions that I've had today because we yeah, talked a you've lot had some about good books. And he was like, Does it ever make you sad that I don't read genre fiction, that I don't read science fiction and fantasy really? And I was like, you know, maybe it would if I didn't have like 20,000 people that I read with every month (laughs) and like I have, I basically built a community where I could talk to people about this stuff and I've never had any shortage of that. And you guys are my people. So I think that's, that's, that's an incredible awesome thing in to find on the internet. And it's, it's really just a a wonderful thing.
0: I 100% agree My wife doesn't even really read books very often. I mean, she she does read books, but but like, you know, I read at least a book a month, if not more. She probably reads one or two a year. Um, And a lot of times it's like, you know, Mindy Kaling's biography or something like that. So I'm the same way. Like I, to talk about genre books, I go here and she actually relies on me when these things get turned into TV shows and movies to Mm -hmm. give me, give her the scoop because she's way into Game of Thrones. But she hasn't read the books.
1: Yeah, um, and it's cool. It's cool now too. Like we're now the yeah. cool people because we right. know all this stuff. Like at like ho- at like parties and stuff. Ryan basically is like, oh, well, you should talk to Veronica about this because she knows everything about this and like brags about it. And I think that's well, like I super felt that cool. Way you about a rival, probably
0: most of everything, right? Because mm-hmm. I was late to Game of Thrones. I didn't read Game of Thrones when it first came out. There were four books out. By the time I actually got around to reading it, which is when we read it here on Sword and Laser, mm-hmm. um, and so I didn't feel that cool, but I was like, oh, well, at least I got ahead of the TV show. Man, uh, story of my life, and a and Arrival, and everybody mm-hmm. going crazy about Arrival. I really felt like, oh, y'all are late to. Oh, this now
1: everybody's here. asking me questions about Annihilation. Annihilation. Like, Let me is the tell same you about way. Annihilation. Yep. 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 So. Yeah, we're we're just super cool, and you guys out there are super cool, and and we're just and a super of those cool book club.
0: Picks. What can
1: we say? Uh, both
0: of those picks are because of Veronica. Veronica is you're the better you're the better one at finding the hip new stuff.
1: <laughs> but they're both science fiction, so I didn't pick either of them.
0: Annihilation. No. Did I
1: pick Annihilation?
0: I thought you picked Annihilation.
1: I might have. I think maybe Story maybe of, I did. Of
0: your life, you introduced me to the author. Hmm. And then that led to me pick, wanting to pick the book.
1: Yeah, I do pick pretty good ones, I must say. But so do you.
0: I pick historical ones. I make sure that we have a mm-hmm. diverse list of different authors from different decades.
1: I don't really think that about that that much. <laughs> <laughs> but we have had like when, when Tassie Dave does our rundown, like it, it the yearly rundown on stuff, like it really does. It it does. We're, we're, we do a pretty good job of of running yeah. the gamut of lots of different kinds of things, which I think is 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 cool because I I love reading the classic stuff because it gets me, it makes me feel like I understand the current stuff so much more when you have that foundation.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, and in fact, we got a great suggestion for an author that I think will be the next sci fi pick. I know it's <gasps> we got we got a Veronica pick, uh, but it's somebody. Who I've I've meant to pick before, uh, but I think I would I always put her up in a vote and she never won and and so I'm just gonna pick her.
1: Do you want to say it now? Should I? Oh, why? I mean, usually you like to do it for the patrons first. This but would I be mean. the
0: December pick. I I haven't decided exactly which of her oh. books.
1: No, but this is my pick now, so next month is yours. Oh, so it would
0: be the I'm sorry, maybe it would the be the November pick. pick. Yeah. So okay, well maybe I'll announce it now, and you can throw out your suggestions for which of her books you'd like me to
1: pick. Oh, that's uh, cool.
0: On Patreon, on the mm-hmm. Patreon comments for this for this that's for this where I'll episode look. for this current yeah. episode, uh, I'm 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 gonna pick something from Connie Willis.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: She's one eleven. Hugos, for goodness sake.
1: I know. She like comes up in every list of like greatest yes. female sci-fi authors. And
0: I've definitely had her under consideration before, but I think she always got put in a vote and never won the vote. So
1: so now you guys have to read her. Tough so luck. Now we're
0: just making the vote all <laughs> Connie Willis.
1: And it's going to be rad. That's exciting. Good. I'm looking forward to that as well. Patreon.com
0: slash sword and laser.
1: Well, this made me feel better. It's been it's been it's been rough around here recently. And, and I think I alluded to this last time on the show, too, but you guys really do keep my spirits up and whatever it takes these days for you to find your people and feel good about stuff and, and you know, make a connection. That's that's yeah. what you got to do. Hey, and,
0: and all, all kidding aside, um, what makes me able to get through the day these days um, is limiting my intake of what I need to know about the world. Uh, to just what I need to know and not succumbing to the temptation to get pulled into fruitless arguments Mm -hmm. or obsessing over sources of of information that ultimately end up not teaching you anything new about what's going on. And you can then fill those gaps where you're like, okay, like for me, I read one news source in the morning to find out what's going on in the world. And then I've got my work and then I've got sword and laser and I read books and that mm-hmm. fills my time and makes my time enjoyable when I otherwise might be obsessing over this or that news story or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to, to, you know, consider your own self-care yeah. in these days. Like we all want to shut down, out ways, don't ignore yeah.
0: everything, but don't feel like you have to fill, you know, sit there, park yourself in front of television. First of all, Personally, don't watch television news at all. Television news will only make you angry. It's designed to make you angry. That's how they keep you watching. Mm-hmm. So avoid it at all costs. Just read.
1: All right. I like that advice. That's good advice. And watch, you know, good escapism. Yeah. And read good escapism.
0: <laughs> yeah. Read read some good books.
1: Speaking of which, let's talk a little bit about our October book pick. The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter by Theodora Goss.
0: Loved this book so much. You're
1: finished?
0: I did because I oh had a no. big long flight okay. like you did last, last time. Uh, and and honestly, I didn't read it on the way over, but on the way back, I put on the audiobook. I was like, I'll read, I'll listen to this for a couple hours. Usually I can't listen to audiobooks on planes very well because I, I just need something else to distract my eyes mm-hmm. and I get... Restless, this totally worked. I was just drawn right into it. And a big part of the reason is I'd just been in London uh and the train line we were on most of the time went right through Marylebone and Baker Street all the time. In fact, I texted <laughs> Veronica pictures of both both tube stops. Uh, we walked around Whitechapel at one point. Uh, we were down, I went out to, to see the great eye and of course we were right there by the docks <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's the docks. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it, it felt like I was walking around in this book this weekend.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I'm about, um, I'm more than halfway done and I, I'm just adoring it. It's, it's been a super fun read. And in fact, I was so in a Sherlocky Holmes mood that we watched the, the first, um, the first Sherlock Holmes, uh, Guy, R- Guy Ritchie. The Guy uh, Ritchie one? Yeah. yeah. And man, that movie is so fun. It's so silly. And <laughs> I just really, I forgot how good it is. It's just really hilarious. And apparently they're making a third one. Did you know that?
0: No, I didn't know they're making another one. They're and making so another one.
1: I, uh, I would imagine. I don't yeah. know for sure.
0: And Robert Downey.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big June. time. Um, so that was, that made me really happy. But do you want to read your book briefing or do you want me to, or, or how do you want to do the briefing? No, part?
0: you asked, you asked ask about this all the time. The book briefing is not for me to read on the show. <gasps> it's for people who are supporting us on Patreon to read but you already
1: posted and have it. a thing.
0: And the and then, cause we talked about this last time. <sighs> I summarized the book briefing last time, mm-hmm. which then ended up, uh, basically being the Kickoff and telling you almost everything was in the book briefing.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then we'll link to the book briefing and y'all also, can go read it.
0: I'm not logged in, so I can't read the book
1: briefing. Well, I could read it. I have it open, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, what's what's your
0: favorite uh tidbit that you found in the book briefing?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite. Do I have to pick a favorite? Well, there's just, a there's, sequel coming, which I would love to read. There's right, a sequel it, coming.
0: That is definitely indicated. Not just at the end of the book, when and, you know, not okay. much of a spoiler to tell you that it points towards the sequel. That's how books that have a sequel often often end. Uh, it's not like a cliffhanger ending or anything, but mm-hmm. but it does. But but all throughout the book, you can kind of see like, oh, okay. There's so other we've got adventures a lot of happening here in the to. <laughs> in the solve. background. We can't possibly solve all of them. So there's going to be more to talk about.
1: Yeah. I, I I have wanted to go back and and read the um, origin stories of all of these young women as well. Um, And I, I mean, I don't know how many of them. So are they all fake? Are they all, do they all exist? Do any of them exist in Beatrice Beatrice is is In
0: fact, the main character, she just isn't very well developed in the actual book. Right. Um, there is a puma on the island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's, it's nearly a spoilery as, to yeah. say. <laughs> um, uh, there is, uh, you know, um, I don't know that Jekyll and Hyde had a daughter or not. That, but certainly, if they did mention a daughter, it didn't become a character that was important. Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of what Theodore Goss was doing here was saying, hey. These women are pivotal to their stories, but they were never developed. Yeah, let me develop them, and they're uh, so fun. And and and
1: particularly
0: Justine Frankenstein as a character is is very well explained in this book. Uh, over over the course of the book, you find out exactly what's going on with Justine Frankenstein, and I, I intend to read uh, to have Frankenstein be our book peck in March. Because that will be the anniversary of mm-hmm. of the publishing of Frankenstein. I think the 200th anniversary, right? Yeah. Um. So that'll so, be a nice
1: tie-in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's it's the original science fiction book uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, so, which is why we didn't hold this one until 2018. Because I actually want to read the actual Frankenstein then. But Justine Frankenstein explains why. Mary Shelley wrote what she did about a female monster mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. in the
1: novel yeah, it all it all it all makes perfect sense when it's yeah. explained through the women's perspectives. um And I like that, you know, Holmes and watson are are in the story. That's definitely not a spoiler to say. it's on the book jacket. Um, but they are so far at least, like they're not driving this thing. I mean, this is they are side characters, essentially. Uh, they're helpers. They're helping they're out. Supporting. They're,
0: they're supporting. They're supporting roles. characters. Yeah. Uh, they're there when they're needed for the story, and then when they're gone, they you know the story doesn't fall apart without them.
1: Right. And I, I like that. I really appreciate that. It's it's been a, a super fun read, and I I enjoy the humor in it. And that's something I was really. That's something too that a lot of people on Twitter were like, "Don't worry, Veronica, you got this." Like this is not. <laughs> This is not a scary book.
0: No, it's and you haven't found it scary, have <laughs> no, you?
1: No, not at, even a little bit. No, yeah, no, just super enjoyable and and a lot of jo- a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, this is it's a fast read too. I mean, I'm I'm frankly pretty surprised I haven't gotten through it yet. I just uh, I'm doing that thing where I get in bed at like nine thirty and start to read and I'm instantly asleep. So.
0: Well, that's one of the nice things about doing the audio book on this, because mm-hmm. I, I I have been doing that with Phasma by Delilah Dawson, which is amazing. Uh, she did it a crazy good job with that book. But, you know, it's Star Wars universe, so it may not be for everybody. Uh, and, and I read that one at night and I, I'm like, I try to keep my eyes open because I'm like, oh, I just, so just want I gotta- I to find a little more about Civ. What happened and then like Ryan pokes
1: me like we were reading on the couch the other night and I started passing out and he started uh-huh. like poking me like <laughs> being super annoying. And I was like, leave me alone. I'm comfortable. <laughs> it's like one of those. Um, oh, so
0: you were uh, turned into uh, Dr. Hyde.
1: Basically. Yeah. That's like if you ever try to wake me up when I'm pretend watching TV or pretend reading in bed, but I'm actually asleep, I will be furious. I don't know why it's like a natural response. Somehow. I am
0: inspired to write by this book. Oh yeah? It it got me thinking about so many things because what she did that was also amazing is she took public domain works for the most. Yeah,
1: part, smart. Right? She is a smart lady. I mean, and, her and bona fides said, are pretty Okay,
0: fine. Fine. You're going to like protect under copyright everything for 90 years plus the life of the author because that'll inspire creativity, uh, I I will go and I will find the things that that I can use and show that taking other people's works after a certain point is creative and can be a huge source of creativity and new stories. And that's what's so beautiful about taking the daughters of these is she's not like, just taking Sherlock Holmes and like, let me write another Sherlock Holmes story, except it's mine, not Arthur Conan Doyle's. She's creating something entirely new out of something old. This is why we need sensible copyright laws. I'm never against copyright laws, but I think our copyright laws are ridiculous because they actually discourage creativity uh, and do a great job protecting copyright. Enforcement of copyright may be a problem, but the copyright is definitely over protected. And she's showing. Man, can you imagine if this was available to more people from works of, say, the '60s?
1: Well, this is, yeah. I mean, this is exactly what Seth Graham Smith did with *Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies*. Yes, yes. And this is, you know, this was a thing, a, a trend that happened, and with, you know, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, kind of, not really. That wasn't based on an actual book, but *Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies* definitely was. And then I think there was another one I thought in that Lincoln same was vein. In too. fact, was based it on based one on of book? the Lincoln
0: bios. Yeah. Okay,
1: well then that that makes sense. Oh uh, yeah um but i feel like there was also another one like that too there was, there was for a while there after pride prejudice and zombies kind of really got very popular and and blew up i think there were a few of those that came out and people realizing oh we have all this content that is free to use let's do something with it yeah. and i think there's a there's a whole trove of that but yeah the copyright laws are are super restrictive though um still
0: And there would be so many more things like this Mm -hmm. if they weren't overprotective. Right. And yet, as soon as you say that, then you get laid in like, oh, so you want piracy and you don't want authors to make money off their works. No, absolutely. There needs to be a balance. That's what copyright law is for. Copyright law is to encourage the production of creative works. And right now, it encourages the monetization of creative works by companies, uh, which sometimes can benefit the authors, which is great. Mm -hmm. But it often dissuades people from making creative works uh, or at least monetizing them because, you know, things that are from the 20s and 30s whose authors or families are long dead are not in the public domain. Yeah, you 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 can't do anything with them, which is ridiculous.
1: On a side note, I I really enjoy this review of Pride, Prejudice and Zombies, the film by uh, Jeffrey Anderson from Common Sense Media, who says, Perhaps not surprisingly, this is a poor zombie movie, but it is a pretty good Jane Austen movie. <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> Which I just, all like, about <laughs> your perspective. That's great. I like
1: that. That just tickled me. Oh, well, this, yeah. So join us with this book. I mean, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a short read. It's a fast one. I think uh, a lot of you are getting a kick out of it already. Great discussion happening over on Goodreads with it. Great audio book, it sounds like. So yep. lots of ways to, to dig into this one. I'm reading the hardcover.
0: Oh, look at you, hardcover yeah. and everything. Because they sent um, it to me. I went to London to properly enjoy there this you book. Go. But you don't need to. You can enjoy it <laughs> wherever you are.
1: You can enjoy it in your bed, pretending to definitely not be sleeping.
0: But you'll definitely know that Marylebone refers to the thing spelled Marlbone if you've already been reading the audiobook.
1: Oh, and if you read the audiobook or listened to the audiobook, you'd know how to pronounce all those places that I yeah. can't say.
0: Lester. Leicester.
1: Leicester. i can say worcester Slough. that's in massachusetts hmm. the worcester coliseum it's
0: wicked good wicked
1: of you. wicked good place to see a show guy wicked good place you kind of <laughs> love it all right well that about wraps up uh this episode of sword and laser uh thank you guys so much for listening thank you uh for being part of this community here's to another 10 years um, hopefully, I'll still be able to see with my eyeballs and be able to read books by then. <laughs> or buy, or or implanted <laughs> or listen eyeballs. To yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, we didn't even talk about Blade Runner. Uh. I haven't seen it. Oh,
0: because I was right. in England. Next time. Yeah. Next
1: time. Next time. I had I, I had a big uh, perspective difference from um, our friend Annalie Newitz, who was mm. on the show recently. She did not enjoy it. I very much enjoyed it.
0: My wife liked it okay, but didn't uh, love it.
1: How can you? How can you not be co- totally like polarized one way or the other? I'm not sure how you could just be like ambivalent about it.
0: Well, because she's like the acting was good, the story mm-hmm. was interesting, but she just felt like it lacked some punch. Okay. I don't know. I'm probably misrepresenting her 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 words exactly here, but. But she was like, I don't want to condemn it because it's beautiful and it has great acting. Uh, And she's like, but she's like, I was never surprised by the Mm. story. That's one thing she said. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Well, I am constantly surprised by the wonderful support you guys out there give us on our Patreon. We are entirely funded by our patrons. So thank you so much to all of you who back our show. If you want to learn more, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser.
0: Thanks to Ryan Cather, The Cutaways Podcast, and Neil Cross, who are among the folks supporting us on Patreon. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlazercom slash
1: pics. Hey, leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoy the show and want others to be able to find it. Reviews are a great way to do that. You can send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions, as always, happen on the fantastic goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. Not Ning anymore. Sorry, guys. And if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, it is 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.